Good afternoon and welcome back to the first edition of the 2023-2024 school year podcast, Keisha Covered podcast, brought to you by Capital Federal True Blue. Uh, back with you again this year for a third year now is uh, myself, Brent Maycock, along with my colleagues, Mac Moore, Ricky Peterson, and Scott Pask. Uh, we're your Keisha Covered crew. Uh, Scott will not be joining us today as he is in recovery right now. He had a uh, quadruple bypass heart surgery cup uh, last week and but is home doing well and recovering so we wish him the best and uh, and uh, speaking on behalf of my counterparts hurry back Scott uh, we miss you uh, not just your not just the the work you do but uh, be just being a part of our team and so uh, we, we wish him the best and if you uh, if you know Scott uh, take the time to wish him the best as he recovers from a, a pretty serious surgery that kind of kind of jumped up on him but uh, uh, it sounded like everything went well, and, and he's on his road to a, a full recovery. So, um, again, best wishes to Scott. But uh, he might be sidelined right now, but the season does not slow down for high school sports. And uh, actually, we're, we're already well into the season for some sports. Uh, tennis and, and golf were able to get started two weeks ago. I know uh, some of the tournaments kind of got put on hold as – due to the uh, intense heat uh, of a week ago when temperatures well over 100 degrees some of them said let's just uh, let's use use common sense and push these back a little bit so didn't have as much in that first week but things really ramped up uh, this week with some tennis and golf and volleyball got started last weekend as well and we'll go through some of the uh, some of the highlights from those first couple weeks and then take a look at uh, what almost everybody's waiting for uh, first week of uh, high school football begins this week and so uh, we got games starting tonight actually there's a handful of Thursday night games across the state including some good matchups and then get into earnest on it on Saturday but first we'll start with some uh, some golf and some tennis and and Ricky you uh, you took time away from uh, previewing all the uh, all the athletes we had to watch that we put out this week for football to go over to watch the Hayes Invitational and, and saw a pretty good tournament there in golf. Yeah, I always enjoy going out to that tournament. Uh, Hayes High always has a pretty good team. Um, I think they've made state 17 years in a row. Uh, you know, and this year what was really cool is you had a really, really cool breakout performer in uh, Jerrica Lopez. Um, her previous best round, I think, was an 84, and she beat that by 10 strokes uh, Ten strokes on Monday with a 74. Uh, so, it's always, you know, it's always cool to see a, a girl get, get their first tournament to win and you know I, I know her teammates were really excited for her um, so yeah that you know that was pretty fun to see and then you know I expect Hayes High to be kind of right right back in the mix uh, obviously they lost a really good golfer in Katie Dinkle but they return uh, you know they return quite a bit of depth they have you know their top four players are really really solid top five players are really really solid uh, they put five in the top top ten so uh you know, Abby Norris, I, I kind of expect her to kind of kind of be the leader of that team with Dinkle having graduated, and she she was runner-up, uh, just shooting a 75, one shot behind Jerrica Lopez. So, yeah, I mean, that that was a, a, a real good way to start the season. That uh, Yeah, I expect I expect big things from Hayes High, and it was cool to see Jer- Jerrica Lopez kind of break through for, for that win for Garden. Yeah. You know, Mac, uh, Shawnee Mission East and Northeast Northwest already uh, with a couple tournaments under their belt. Uh, they both opened at the Firebird Invitational and then played yesterday down at the Emporia 6A 
6A state preview down at the Emporia course. And, uh, you know, Shawnee Mission East and Northwest kind of doing Shawnee Mission East and Northwest things to start the season. Yeah, uh, you you look at the, the scores and uh, Shawnee Mission East uh, – it, you know, it starts out uh, strong early, and and uh, but it, you got the same two golfers at the top, uh, Ella Slicker and Ingrid uh, Blacketer. Uh, li- little uh, higher scores than normal. I know uh, the big thing for Slicker when she won the six A title as a freshman was uh, her lucky number seventy one, which she hit like four or five times last year. It seemed like every time she went out, she'd hit a seventy one, and uh, at the Firebird Invitational, uh, Slicker and, and Blackett are both uh, shot a 75, and you know, I, I, you know that they're just. Uh, I'd say warming up, but at this point, maybe it was just too warm uh, out there as uh, they tried to get in a few tournaments as it, temperatures cooled down a, a, a tiny bit. Uh, but uh, those two definitely will have Shawnee Mission East uh, in the hunt again. And then uh, you look over at Olathe West, uh, Savannah Cagle, uh, as, a, as a young golfer that she shot a, a 77 at the Emporia Tournament, uh, going to have them right there they're gonna have a, maybe a little step back uh after uh you know have it from from graduation but kegel will keep them uh in the mix and then uh Olathe northwest is the team that ran away with the 6a title last year uh they were out at the emporia tournament as well and uh avery hirschman who uh i think maybe a little earlier in the year uh was uh, last year was m- maybe the second best golfer behind like uh claire sullivan and and uh mackenzie kelso in the mix as well uh and and so they would kind of trade it but she showed an immense amount of consistency at that 6a tournament and that's looking like uh how she'll end up playing this year as well she just doesn't get frustrated out there and she shot a 79 at that emporia tournament to to lead the way for uh northwest in that one but you know uh, again when you're looking at uh kind of the top end for that late the northwest group at the firebird invitational uh sullivan shot a 76 uh being the best one for for them so far this year and again these are all numbers that uh really good scores but we've seen these golfers they've already had experience uh getting themselves into the the lower 70s as well so uh i have to imagine what we're seeing right now is just kind of the the beginning it'll be interesting to 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 see as the season stabilizes a bit if these top teams will kind of uh just keep rising and 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 lowering those scores as we go yeah and and what one of the teams that really impressed me from those first two tournaments was Manhattan. They come out and, you know, they're only three shots off the pace behind Olathe Northwest at the at the Emporia Tournament on Monday. And they got a freshman, Maddie Myers, who uh, looks like she might be somebody that'll be jumping right in and being a contender this year. She was third down at uh, down at the Emporia Tournament shooting a 79. So she's just two strokes off the off the lead by Cagle and and, uh, and um, Slicker there. And then, uh, you know, she also takes top five at, at the Free State Tournament uh, with a 79 there as well. So 
Manhattan making a making some early noise there in, in 6A as a team that really wasn't maybe on the radar as much coming into the season, but with all underclassmen uh, could be a team that uh, if they continue to improve as the season goes on, might uh, might throw themselves in the mix to uh, to challenge for a title. And then, you know, looking at some other, other teams in 4A, Wamigo, two-time defending state champion, they uh, they go out and dominate their first nine-hole tournament, uh, shoot a 193 to win that thing going away. Uh, defending individual state champion Addison Douglas picks right up where she left off last year, shoots a 134 to win that nine-hole tournament. Goes And Wamiko goes 1-2 with Sarah Springer taking second with a 43. So a good start for Wamiko, which lost some key seniors off last year's team uh, that won the state title. Uh, Ashton Pearson and Kirby McKee were two players that – were four-year varsity players, three-time uh, state placers uh, in the top ten. So um, they had some pieces to pieces to uh, fill in those spots, and uh, and it looks like some of the new girls that are have kind of been waiting their turn to are stepping up and uh, and stepped in really well, and then. Uh, another 4A team, Hayden, was really good last year. They ended up taking third as a team, and uh, they opened the season with a win down at uh, down at a different Emporia Invitational that was mostly 4A and 5A schools. Uh, Hayden shoots a 368 to beat Winfield, which is always in contention in Class 4A. They beat them by nine strokes for the title. Uh, Hayden places three in the top six with Avery Grenert, Lauren Bourgeon, and Izzy Glotzbach all finishing in the top six. Uh, scores, like Max said, a little higher, but I think a lot of that's due just to the, the heat, first tournaments of the year, you know, kind of just getting back into the – really back into the swing of things. Uh, you know, an 80 from Emporia's Elise Eckert, who's older sisters – who were twin sisters last year – uh, Avery and Olivia, they've graduated now, but Elise was their kind of their third one in that mix that helped Emporia to its best ever state tournament finish last year when they took second. Uh, so Elise gets off to a strong start to her sophomore season with an 80 to win that by five shots over over uh, Winfield's Lily Simpson. Uh, so uh, some early 4A, 4A contenders there doing what we expect them to do in both Hayden and Wamigo opening the season strong. And then uh, down at uh, the Derby Invitational, little nine-hole tournament, uh, kind of the surprise here is, you know, Kinsley Jones ends up with the low score of the tournament, but she's also matched by Naomi Kuntz, a freshman from Newton. So another outstanding freshman kind of serving some early notice uh, down in the Wichita area. Both of them go out and shoot 36s and win that tournament by two shots over Reagan Dusenberry, a sophomore from Mandover who had a great year last year. And and then campuses, uh, Kylie Mayer, a senior, uh, she shoots a 38 as well. So a nice start for her to the season. But uh, Naomi Koontz will be a name uh, to kind of keep track of this year as she goes out and says, uh, Kinsley, you might be the two-time defending state champion in 5A, but uh, I'm going to be right here with you. Uh, uh, at least at the start. So we'll see if, if Naomi can keep that up, but a great start by her to this season. So those are some of the early golf highlights. Uh, we'll move over to tennis. There hasn't been a whole lot of action going on so far this year, but always the uh, Wichita Collegiate always has a tournament of champions really early in the season. 
that brings in some of the top competitors um, from across the state, uh, especially in the smaller school in the smaller school range. And Wichita Collegiate, uh, you know, they got a new coach this year with Dave Hawley uh, retiring after last year and his bajillion state titles that he's won. Well, uh, the the Spartans haven't dropped off any with uh, with a new coach in, in tow there, the former Wichita Independent coach now taking over at Collegiate as they go out and uh, Laura DeCarvalho wins the singles play with a 4-0 record and then uh, the the doubles duo of Laney Conrad and uh, and Julia Herman win the doubles final there and they beat Hayden's uh, Lauren Sandstrom and Emily Sheets who was the class 4A state champions last year uh, Conrad and and uh, and Herman take a take an 8-1 win to really dominate the 4A defending 4A state champions to win the title down there in, in Wichita so always a good tournament down there at the start of the year in collegiate I know Scott was kind of bummed to not go out and and catch some of that uh, when when it went on but uh, you know some really good tennis to start the season down there and then volleyball um, we've got some volleyball action across the state and um, I'll start with a couple teams from my area and we'll get to Ricky uh, and Mac here in a minute but uh, Silver Lake they uh, they go to the Marysville tournament for the first time this year and they uh, they win the title up there uh, you know Silver Lake only only reached the uh, substate semifinals last year in a loaded substate that was uh, had not only Heritage Christian which ended up winning the state title but two other teams at 30 plus wins uh, Silver Lake makes the semifinals there which you know for them that's that's not where they like to be they like to be at the state tournament and competing competing for titles which they've done throughout their program's history well they they start this year with a, a nice nice tournament win up at Marysville. They usually play at the Jefferson West Invitational to start the season. This year they go to Marysville and win that tournament beating Nemaha Central which was last year's Class 3A state runner-up in the finals in straight sets. So really go out and make a make a nice early statement there for Silver Lake. Uh, Osage City goes and wins the uh, the Burlingame Invitational in their first trip over there. They usually go to the Wabunsee Tournament but this year they go over to, to Burlingame and take the title there. And then uh, Pleasant Ridge wins the McLeod Invitational title for the second straight year. So uh, a couple nice tournaments there. Also, Rock Creek takes second at the Wabunsee Invitational to the NEK Nighthawks, a homeschool volleyball team that really is a, a, a strong volleyball program. They were one of the teams, one of the teams that beat uh, Class One A Division Two champion Lebo last year. So the NEK uh, Nighthawks, a really strong program. Rock Creek beat them in the beat them in the pool play, but then lost to them in the finals. So Rock Creek uh, gets off to a good start. There's two Mid East League programs in Silver Lake and and Rock Creek off to uh, off to decent starts. At the start of the season and and Ricky you caught uh, caught a tournament out in Hayes too and saw some uh, some pretty good pretty good play out there yeah I was really impressed with May South they ended up winning the, the Hayes High Invitational uh, they've got a lot of weapons uh, you know I know they I think they graduated three girls but man the girls that they return uh, Gracie Morrow Jillian Gregory uh, Camden Camden Stuckey I mean they they are just a solid, solid team. Uh, they ended up playing a late to West in the final. Uh, you know, they were kind of cruising 
the long, then Olathe West got that second set. Uh, May South, you, you know, they got they built like a I think a twenty four to fifteen lead or tw- sixteen lead, and then Olathe West reeled off like seven points in a row to kind of make it interesting. But then uh, uh, May South was able to get it done and get that last point to take a twenty five twenty three victory in the third set. But I really I really think they can be a contender in five A. I was really really impressed with them, um, and also Olathe West has has a really good team too. Um, you know, I think they had four. I think there was four Division One girls in that tournament, so that was that was kind of a really exciting way to, to start off the volleyball season and and, the, and Hayes as well. Yeah, May South uh, had a lot of firepower coming back from last year, and and certainly a team uh, to definitely keep an eye on in, in Class Five A. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas and St. James Academy both returned so much, so they're going to be awfully tough to uh, to knock off there in Five A. But May South and Seaman are two teams that have a lot of experience and a lot of talent that I expect to really be in there challenging those two uh, to maybe uh, maybe do what Lansing did a couple years ago, and that's uh, and and that's kind of cracked the the stranglehold those two programs I've had on Class 5A and, and, and maybe win a state title. Um, Mac, have you seen anything over in, in your area? I know uh, they usually have that big slam tournament over at St. James or, or somewhere over there. Uh, you know, Some good stuff over there to start the season? Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and uh, starting out, you you have uh, that one's just one after another of the you know top teams in the state just uh, uh, going at it, and, and it can it goes by pretty quick. You see those uh, top teams that you know uh, some of them want to get out to hot starts, and all of a sudden they start with a, a loss. But uh, don't take too much away from it when you lose to another great team early on. But uh, you know you'd mentioned. Uh, Lansing, what they did a couple of years ago, what they might try to do this year, uh, they looked good starting out with the two-one win over Shawnee Mission uh, Northwest. They won the the final two sets to to take that one two-one. Uh, you had uh, Blue Valley West got a, a win over uh, Mill Valley, and uh, they won two-zero. Uh, it was a, it started to be a quick day because then uh, yeah, Aquinas uh, even uh, going up against Olathe Northwest, uh, you expect that one to uh, be a real back and forth affair. But Skylar Pierce uh, wasn't there for that one, and Aquinas is able to get a, a 2-0 victory, and make quick work of that one. Uh, Blue Valley North did the same in uh, matchup against uh, Lee Summit West from the uh, Missouri side of the state line. They won 2-0, and then uh, St. James Academy. Uh, I know I expected my old stomping grounds. They were facing Liberty North. Uh, expected that one to, to to go a long time, and, and nope, two zero. Uh, they had their top Liberty North had their top player was injured uh, pretty early on in that one. So uh, what normally would be a pretty long day uh, of volleyball with a lot of great action, uh, some of the top teams just kind of put uh, you know a stamp on it early and got those two zero wins and uh, made made quick work of it. Um, think another uh three setter was uh uh, washburn rural uh beat blue valley northwest and they also did that one uh as a comeback lost the first set uh 25 16 and then uh took uh the latter two 25 21 in each of those and you know looking at those those teams it's hard to uh figure out anything other than you know expect uh, Aquinas to be good, but Olathe Northwest loses that one. Expect 
them to be pretty good when Skylar Pierce is in the lineup. Uh, in terms of that, that early on, it, normally I feel like you kind of get a pretty good picture, but on this one it was a little bit tougher without the the top stars out there uh, for the for that one. So uh, I'm, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to see what happens in the next few weeks to get a better feel on the the volleyball season and who are the front runners early on. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, also, some soccer is on underway too, and there's been a uh, you know a number of matches across the state. One of the early impressions, uh, a kid from Augusta, Raymond Cox, uh, hadn't been a starter until this season, and and uh, already has two game-winning goals for Augusta this year. And they beat uh, Wichita Trinity team, that's always one of the top contenders in in four through one A. So Augusta, a team that was in the state semifinals two years ago, off to a good start with a uh, with a newcomer. Uh, kind of making an early mark uh, and your other programs you know the Miages and all those you know they're off to off to good starts but it's real really early for soccer so uh, um, you know we'll we'll see talk a lot more about that in our next podcast to see what what teams are really going out and make their making some uh, making some early statements maybe some surprise teams we'll take a look at next uh, next podcast as well but wanted to kind of give a little shout out to that kid from Augusta who, you know pretty cool from not being a starter and then you and then you go out and get two game winners in, in early in the season, uh, your first year as a starter. So pretty neat, uh, pretty neat stuff there. And Chuck Cheney from the, the Butler County Times Gazette has done a really good job talking about him. And he's always a, a great reporter across the state that we uh, collaborate pretty well with. So um, Chuck, check out what Chuck Cheney has to say on him as well. But uh uh, we've still got cross country and gymnastics uh, getting ready to get their seasons going. Um, and, uh, you know, first cross country will be coming up soon. But this Friday, we have high school football. And, you know, it's, it's the showpiece sport uh, for most people across the state when it comes to the fall. And I know everybody. Everybody I run into is like, well, who, who, who's the teams to beat? Who, who we got to watch? And and you can check out Keisha Cover for our preseason rankings on who we have ranked in the top five in each class. Uh, you know, it's always interesting putting together those rankings and which teams that had good seasons last year are going to be able to back it up again. You know, you can always count on certain programs to be in the mix, but who's the surprise teams? Who's the teams that were on the cusp last year that are now ready to maybe make, make that next step? And so uh, just looking at our our number ones that we have to start the season in Class 6A. A uh, new team up, up on top. We've got Gardner Edgerton to start number one. They were runner-up last year, uh, lost in double overtime to Manhattan in just a thrilling championship game, had a game-winning two-point conversion, stopped just inches short of the goal line. And so uh, Gardner Edgerton returns a lot in its backfield. Uh, Dawson Kindler and Dylan Butosh, two great runners uh, to lead the way for Gardner. And so we got them ranked number one to start the season in 6A with the likes of Wichita Northwest, Derby, Manhattan, also uh, also coming in in the top five. Manhattan coming off a 13-0 season, but graduated so many key players, especially in the offensive backfield where basically nobody's back that uh, really produced a bunch of a bunch of yardage for them last year now their defense is going to be good max standard and company uh, they'll be really strong uh, defensively this year but it might take them a little little time to get going and they got a tough test right off the bat with derby you know those two 
those two teams played the overtime game last year in the opener with Manhattan winning. That kind of set them on their way. And then they met again in the playoff semifinals with Manhattan winning again. But, you know, Derby has to replace top 11 running back Dylan Edwards and a lot of its offensive skill pieces. So it's going to be an interesting game to see on Friday night over in Manhattan uh, who who's done a, a better job of reloading right off the bat. I think both teams will be in the mix by the time the season's over with. But um, it'll, be, it'll be a great test to start out the season over in Manhattan last year or this year last year down in uh, Derby Manhattan hands Derby its home first home loss since 2014 with that overtime win so I know Derby's eager to uh, return the favor this year uh, class 5a Mill Valley begins number one uh, four-time defending state champions enough said right there I think Mill Valley is clearly the class of class 5a I think uh, you know there's some other teams but you know Mays was the team they beat in the finals the last two years and they graduated so many good kids including Avery Johnson who's now at Kansas State and uh, just a, just both both sides of the ball just lost so many quality players. So we'll see how Mays can keep it going, and then you know Bishop Carroll and some other teams, Desoto, uh, Cape and Mount Carmel. You know those team Hayes I think has a chance to be really good despite two straight years of losing really good senior classes. I think with Malik Ba that Hayes has a chance to be uh, really good again this year. Class 4A, uh, Miege, Aquinas, St. James. Put them in a put them in a bag. Pick out one, and that's that's. Uh, I think that's what you're going to see there. I got we have Miege number one to start the year, but barely over St. Thomas Aquinas with St. James ranked third. So I think you know those three teams are are probably the teams to beat in Class 4A this year. The Wamigo, you know, they they had their best. Best season in school history last year, going 12-1, and making it to the title game for the first time ever. And they lost a lot, Hayden Oviatt and, uh, and most of their skill guys from their passing game. But their defense was great last year, and their defense will be really good again this year. So I don't think Wamigo is going to drop off uh, too much. And I'll talk about it in a minute. They've got a really good opener to start the year. Class 3A, Andale, four-time defending state champion, kind of like Mill Valley, enough said. But, you know, the Andale graduated quite a bit, and we'll see if somebody can finally crack their stranglehold on on 3A. They uh, start the season with the longest winning streak in the nation, 51 straight victories for Andale. So, um, you know, we'll see if somebody can finally take them down or the Andale mystique and numbers and quality and just program will continue to to rule the roost in Class 3A. Class 2A, I think, is a a wide-open class. Nemaha Central, undefeated state champions last year and lose top 11 running back uh, Cooper Hike and then some other really quality players. Uh, so they got some holes to fill. I think that them and Sabetha, you know, arch rivals up in the Big 7 League, I think those are those are two of the two of the teams that are going to be really tough to beat this year in 2A along with last year's runner-up Kingman, return a lot defensively from a really good defense last year. Hoisington's a team that uh, people are expecting to make some noise this year. I think Ellsworth has a chance to be really good returning everybody. And the, th- the depth in, in 2A is just great. Southeast Saline was undefeated until the state fi- semifinals last year. And you can kind of just go down the list in 2A. There's a lot of really good programs. Class 1A, a lot of new look um, from last year. Uh, we have St. Mary's Colgan out of Pittsburgh, ranked number one. They just returned so much. And, and some injuries late in this year, last year, 
cost them, but uh, they've got a really good team coming back, and Mack will talk about them more in just a minute here. But, um, you know, St. Mary's was your de- defending champion. Different St. Mary's, not St. Mary's Colgan, St. Mary's the town. They were won the 1A title last year, but graduated Keller Hurla and some key players. Inman's been in the title game the last two years, graduated a, many key players off of their team. So uh, we'll see if those two teams can kind of reload and, and get back up to the top. Uh, Eight-player Division One. Wichita County, undefeated state champions last year, return a lot. We've got them ranked number one to start the season. Eight-man Division II, Axtell returning uh, two-time undefeated state champions coming back this year. Lost Isaac Detweiler, a top 11 pick, which is a rarity for an eight-man player, but Isaac had such a tremendous career and, and led led Axtell to the, both those state titles, but they are just loaded with uh, with talent this year. So Axtell, I expect uh, to go out and be the uh, team to be in eight-player Division One, and then six-player. We crowned a champion for the first time as Acacia Sanction Sport last year. Cunningham taking the title over Ashland. And those two teams will meet in the season opener again this year. They met in the opener last year. It was 38-30, Cunningham won. And then Cunningham won the title game 38-16. So uh, Ashland returns all but one player from its team. Cunningham lost a couple key guys but returns a ton this year. So that will be a great season opener in class in uh, six-player football. And also in six-player football, Shiloh and Northern Valley are two teams that I think really have a chance to to maybe step up. And and uh, guys, uh, you know, looking at the first week, uh, Mac, you'll have the uh, Casha covered game of the week this week, heading down to Pittsburgh, Kansas, to watch the uh, the the Chuck Smith Legacy game, as we've kind of called it here at the office. Uh, his former program, Pittsburgh St. Mary's Colgan, taking on Frontenac, which is not only their arch rival but coached by Chuck's son. Mark Smith, and so um, you know you'll get a chance to go down and see see Colgan uh, for the first time. And uh, how excited are you to get down there? And not just because of Chicken Annies and Chicken Marys. <laughs> uh, just that, just that's why. I'm, no, I'm, of course I'm excited to, to to get out there and and, and watch some uh, some some football and get the the year started with that. And and particularly I'm excited to uh, you know see. Colgan in person, uh, see uh, a, a pair in the backfield that were already uh, pretty darn good last year, and I got to watch uh, uh, some clips and, and check it out, but I didn't get to see them in person, so uh, I'm going to rectify uh, that mistake right now uh, and, and be able to, to see them early on in the year. Uh, seeing uh, Tucker Harrell and, and, and Cooper Simmons being uh, two, a one-two punch uh, that was so good last year and uh harold being one that as a sophomore was uh playing out at at wide receiver for the panthers and then uh as a junior makes the move to quarterback and it just clicked for them uh running the ball uh having it where they they were already pretty darn good getting uh around i think it was like 5.7 yards per carry but uh they just shot that way up to uh about seven and a half yards per rush uh last season uh and and if it's not bad enough that you got to keep up with the, the the speed of those two uh an offensive line that they uh have been together since uh they were sophomores they're seniors now and that group has it, it just been able to create room uh for those two to to run and uh if you you do find a way to to get through that and, and try to get a hat on to uh cooper uh he 
he, he's ready to bowl you over. So uh, just a very physical, gritty team, and they, they bring that to the defense as well. And uh, similar uh, situation to that uh, rushing stat, uh, their defense uh, just probably allowed five and a half yards uh, in, in 2021 when they had their uh, first losing season since 1997. They went four and five. Uh, they got those numbers down to, to – uh, under four yards per carry. Uh, I think it was maybe three and a half. And just having that group, you know, most of them are back. Uh, most of the offensive players that uh, they they play Ironman football. So uh, uh, Cooper and, and Tucker are on the the defense side of the ball as well, uh, making stops. And uh, it's a really good group. And last year it was a if it, the game is anywhere close to the same, that was a 14-12 uh, just just defensive matchup. That uh, you know I, I think a lot of people enjoy having those high scoring games. But as long as the offense is playing well. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with watching this drag out low scoring affair between uh, two top defenses and 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 Frontenac's hoping to 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 bring the the same. They're going to be a, a different look this year, uh, at least offensively. Uh, so much of their offense went through uh, Mario Minghini, and uh, with his graduation now, uh, they're just going to have a, a lot of guys that have to step up and 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 be able to uh, be able to make up for that production but uh it's not like they're coming in without uh a lot of guys uh they, they have a lot of returners and, and one of those uh cal turlip uh as the, the the senior quarterback he threw for over a thousand or for 1200 yards last year uh 13 touchdowns uh one of his favorite targets trey kramer uh he's back this year uh they're going to 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 have a, a team that uh, you know state runner up a, a couple years ago back in 2021 uh last year you know for them to have finished uh the, the way they did with a, a six and four record where really it was just that loss to Colgan to start out with and then uh, a couple losses to Gerard just couldn't really uh do much against a, a really talented Gerard team but uh otherwise they put together a really good season with uh, a very young roster and uh now uh coach Smith this year is excited to to see what this senior group can do because uh they're ready to go so uh it, it should be interesting to watch two teams that it, it was such a close game last year and going into this one uh it's gonna uh, just equally uh, similar situation of uh very senior heavy groups that uh they know how to play they know how to win and uh they know how to play some some gritty football even if it ends up being uh low scoring or they got the weapons to potentially turn it into a little bit higher scoring affair so i'm excited to get down there and uh see what happens uh when when those two teams face off what are some other top games over in the Southeast Kansas KC metro area that you're uh, kind of looking forward to see what what happens on on Friday and Thursday and Friday night? Yeah, start with Thursday. I don't want to skip it. Uh, uh, one of the first ones, uh, Free State versus Olathe West. Uh, these are uh, you know 
Aletha West was eight and three last year. Free State uh, five and four. They needed to uh, both went on a run late in the season. Aletha West won uh, uh, seven straight games to 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 reach the state quarterfinals. Uh, Free State had to uh, string out some some wins there late to to get themselves back to a a winning record. Uh, but uh, Aletha West has a lot of uh, roster turnover. A lot of their their key pieces uh, have graduated, and 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 Free State's coming into this one uh with uh you know uh, still still some turnover uh leading rusher uh tay Ware graduated but uh with wesley edison as their dual threat quarterback uh you know he, he had a great season last year and if if he can build on that this year uh free state can get themselves uh back into uh trying to be a, a top team that can uh make a run late so uh it'll be interesting to see how well late the west can get themselves ready for that one and see uh how much uh free state has has, has built on uh, what they started to, to put together at the end of last season. Uh, and so that one's happening at Seaback, and I'm uh, planning to make my way out there to, to see that one. But when we get to uh, Friday's game, Friday's games, we're going to have St. James Academy versus Blue Valley Northwest. That's one that I, I was out last year for that for that opener when it was uh, two reigning champs facing off. And uh, now this year, uh, you know, uh, St. James Academy coming off a six and five year, Blue Valley North coming off a, a six and four year. Uh, Blue Valley Northwest, it's going to look like a much different team without uh, Grant Stubblefield as the running back. Uh, second straight year of needing to to replace the signal caller with uh connor white graduating from last year so uh different look team but you know that clint Ryder will be able to, to to get that group ready to go and definitely on defense uh they always make it uh very difficult and then uh st james academy uh similar situation of just having uh the, the roster turnover that uh, you know takes away a, a few of their 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 top weapons, but uh, they always know how to to reload rather than rebuild, uh, and and. Uh, uh, they had uh, Ben Wheeler as a as a returner for quarterback. He was their plan starter last year. Uh, got injured uh, in the opener, uh, and then uh, the, his backup uh, played well enough that he he kept it throughout. And uh, but but Wheeler's hoping that they come into this one and, and be able to uh, be the guy and and to to get. St. James Academy kind of looking how they wanted to be more of a, a kind of a throw first uh, a team and instead they kind of went just more running always last year uh, and and it'll be interesting to, 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 to see if they're able to kind of uh, get that high-flying offense out of the pistol uh, going this year. Uh, so that one's a, a fun one. Uh, Lawrence Olathe South uh, be an interesting one. Those are two teams uh, winning records in the, the the Sunflower League last year, but uh, both uh, hoping to uh, push a little bit farther. Olathe South uh, pretty pretty far until uh, running into uh, Olathe Northwest, which is a, uh, the next game that I'm excited to see is that they're going to be at Mill Valley uh, and, and that'll be an interesting one Olathe Northwest uh, still has a lot of pieces from uh, the best uh, year uh, in program history going 8-4 uh, and, 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 and uh, making it to the uh, state 
semis. Uh, Mill Valley, 12-1 last year, another 5A title. Uh, a lot of turnover with uh, Hayden Jay uh, graduating, but they're always ready to go. I think maybe their biggest uh, change is uh, having defensive coordinator uh, Drew Hudgens uh, taking over the Blue Valley North job. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see if they're uh, as uh, on point with the, the defense uh, as they've been uh, in, in years past under uh, Joel Appleby. So uh, that one will be a, a fun one. And uh, Blue Valley Southwest at, at Blue Valley. Uh, Blue Valley uh, both teams were uh, just 500 last year, but uh, Blue Valley most years is a, a pretty good team. And, and Blue Valley Southwest uh, definitely uh, a strong competitor in 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 5a and having Dylan Dunn his third year uh, as the the quarterback he's already uh, put up tremendous numbers his first two seasons uh, over 2500 yards each time and and uh, just looked amazing uh, last year just able to sling it down the field to multiple receivers and almost all of those uh, that receiving core is back this year so uh, they'll definitely be an offense that uh, be very very fun to watch throughout this year uh, last one on the list for me is uh, Aquinas uh, Blue Valley West uh, Aquinas 9-3 last year uh, obviously for them a little disappointment when they don't win a, a, a state title or don't make it to a, at least a state championship game uh, so you know Know that they're going to be grinding to, to, to try to push even farther this year and Blue Valley West uh, finished five and six but they were another one that uh, made a, a, a deep run uh, were able to string together some wins uh, late uh, that defense uh, was just so tough to to score on throughout the year and uh, so I imagine that game will be another one that's a pretty low scoring affair but should be exciting to, to, to see those teams and 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 what they look like uh, week one because uh, always a lot of talent out here in the the KC area all right we'll shift our focus from the east to the west and Ricky uh Talk about some of the top games uh, out out in your territory. Yeah, I was pretty conflicted on which one to go to on Friday. Uh, right now, I think I'm leaning towards uh, Osborne at Hill City. Uh, two reasons: one, uh, you know, Hill City lost a lot from last year's uh, semifinal team. Uh, uh, Caleb Atkins, just a heck of a playmaker. Connor Dinko was their best defender, uh, but they, you know, they returned some really top end players, starting with their quarterback Aiden Amrine, uh, dual threat kid who's, you know, a really strong passer. Uh, you know, I think he was kind of dealing with a few injuries last year, so they didn't run him quite as much. Um, I expect to get to the, for them to kind of get back to using him as as more of a dual threat this year. And then uh, Jaden Nuss, I think he's a guy that kind of flies under the radar a little bit, but uh, you know, a huge weapon on both sides of the ball for them. And then and then I you know I also want to see if you know if Osborne maybe can kind of jump up and and be a top contender in uh in Division Two. Obviously, I think everyone would agree that Axtell's, uh, you know, the favorite again with what, with what they returned. But, uh, you know, obviously 
Osborne, Steve Tiernan, you know, he's he's had one of the best uh, eight-man coaching careers, I think, of anybody. Uh, he turns Osborne into into a contender almost every year, and the, they've got some nice pieces back. Uh, and their quarterback, Doke, Doke, Good, Doke Guttery, um, got a good good lineman back in Nathan Goheen. So uh, I'm, you know, kind of excited to get a look at them and see if I, you know, kind of – kind of gauge them and see if I think they can be a, a contender in, in, in Division II. Um, you know, real briefly running through some of the other games. Uh, you know, you mentioned Hayes. Uh, you know, obviously they lost they lost a lot, but they returned their key weapon and Malik Baugh. Um, Tony Crowe's, their coach, is convinced he's the best running back in the state, and I, it's kind of hard to argue with him. I mean, he's, he's definitely in that conversation. Um, you know, going back two years ago, he had to split carries with uh, – you know, Jaron Kanick and and uh, Roy Maroney. Last year, he was the feature back and uh, and really, you know, really turned it on that first game against Junction City. That was kind of his coming out party, uh, and that'll and that's the game again this week that they'll they'll open with uh, Junction. You know, had a pretty solid seven and three season last year, so I'll be, I'll be kind of excited to see how that one shakes out. Um, you know, looking at the other ones, uh, the one I almost went to is uh, uh, McPherson at Great Bend. It, I don't think anybody had a better turnaround than Great Bend last year. Um, you know, they went oh for the year before. Uh, last year they went seven and three and really, really turned it on strong at the end of the year. So uh, I'll be excited to see if they can, uh, you know, if, if they can uh, top a McPherson team that's uh, obviously really, really strong year in year out over the last few years. I think they've made the semifinals several, several times in that span, uh, semifinals last year. So, you know, that'll be a quality game. Um, you know, in the going back to the eight-man ranks, uh, Victoria, you know, they're a perennial contender uh, under Doug Oberly. Um, they'll be taking on a Kinsley team that I think that I think is going to be much improved and has a lot of a lot of their top players back. Uh, Smith Center, uh, they'll have a, a, a kind of a new coach. Obviously, uh, Darren Sass stepped away after coaching the last ten years at Smith Center. Led him led him to two state champions. Uh, Mike Rogers takes the reins. He's been a longtime assistant there for over, over 31 years, and I don't, I don't think much is going to change. I don't expect to see Smith Center come out in a spread offense or any anything like that. I think if you coach there, you're kind of contractually obligated to to keep the wishbone offense. So I, I kind of expect them them to look the same, and they, I really think they're a top contender in in 1A with, with what they with what they return and just the, and just their history, and they'll. They'll open with the Phillipsburg team that also has a new coach. And then uh, lastly, Quinter. Quinter was a great story last year. Uh, only a 4-6 and six record, but they turned it on real strong at the end. Uh, he upset Clifton Clyde there in that first round. Uh, they return a lot of key pieces, and they'll they'll be uh, they'll be going up against a Wallace County team that had a pretty decent decent year last year. So that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit of a rundown of, of the Western Kansas games that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. I'll step in and uh, and pump up some from Scott's area down in South Central Kansas, and it starts with the opener uh, almost every year, Bishop Carroll, Wichita Northwest, right right 
played right off the bat uh, out of the Greater Witch Athletic League, and they've, they've met every year in the first game since 2014, uh, exception of 2020, which was the COVID year, and things were a little hectic on scheduling that year. But uh, and it always goes back and forth, and they're always wild games. Last year, uh, Bishop Carroll wins 53 to 41 after trailing 31 to nine in the game, and so uh, those are games where you just never know what's going to happen. They're always crazy. They're always coming down to some some plays made in the fourth quarter and and I expect that'll be a good one again this year. Uh, both of them are ranked number two in their respective class to start the year, Northwest in Class 6A, Carroll in Class 5A, and so I think both uh, you know both have a shot at really having good seasons this year, and this is going to be a, a real interesting game. Uh, you know, Wichita Northwest always has offense out the, uh, out the wazoo. Just, I mean, they're always one of the best offensive teams in the state. Will be again this year. Jace Glasper, Sincere Thompson are both back after after big seasons last year. Uh, Carroll's Jackson King is a, is a great uh, quarterback as well and had nearly a thousand yards both ways last year so that one I, I don't expect defense like like Mac and, and some of those guys might see in some of those games I expect this one to be offense 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 so um, so that'll be a good one uh, also down there Cheney and Kingman meeting right off the bat is a great one uh, Kingman won this game last year and that kind of set them on their way to making it to the uh, state championship game in class 2a first time in 50 years that Kingman had played in the state title game last year so uh and then it was a big win over Cheney in the opener that kind of got them going and their defense was really good last year it'll be really good again this year with guys like Tristan Davidson and uh the Shriner kid back to lead that defense but Cheney's going to be a, t- a tough tough team to beat again this year they return uh the quarterback co- uh receiver duo of Jackson Burdick and or Josh Burdick and Jackson both uh you know last year they Burdick stepped in as a soft and took over for Jackson's older brother Harrison, who was an all-3A quarterback uh, the previous couple years, and uh, and Burdick had a great sophomore season, throwing for over 2,000 yards, 23 touchdowns. Both was first-team all-3A receiver with over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. So I expect that to be a great one. Uh, Cheney's ranked number three. Kingman's ranked number three. One in 3A, one in 2A. Um, kind of traditional rivalries: Conway Springs, Garden Plain. Those two teams always always play great games and you know they've kind of been the powers that be in the Central Plains League down there and it used to be they were maybe the two best teams in the state and then would also be in the same district and so they'd have to play each other in district play and then they'd end up playing each other in the playoffs later on in the season too. Uh, you know Garden Plains won the last four meetings uh, in this series which is a little bit surprising as good as Conway Springs has been and Conway Springs last year they lost this game lost their first three end up making it to the 1A state semifinal finals before getting knocked off by Inman. So um, I think Conway, uh, Braden Coons, just a tremendous running back linebacker last year, one of the top two-way players in the state, especially in the small school, and might be the best player overall in Class 1A this year. Uh, just a just a beast of a player. Uh, so they'll be out for revenge against Garden Plain, which has has some big holes to fill, but you know, that, that rivalry games, you can just you can just count on those being great games. Uh, a couple others from the uh, South Central area. I look to the Heart of America Conference. I think uh, that conference might be as deep this year as it's ever been. 
It's produced Inman, who's made the state championship game the last two years. You have Sedgwick, that was always a contender. Uh, last year, they go 5-5, five and five, kind of having to rebuild, but they've reloaded. They'll be back this year. Uh, Inman plays host to, or is, travels to Marion on Friday night. Marion's a team that returns a lot of guys, Jack Lanning and Trevor Schaefer's, uh, to a one-two punch in the backfield for them. Uh, you know, Marion's a team that moved down from 2A to 1A last year and, and really feel like they've got a shot at maybe stepping up. And then Hutchinson Trinity is another team in that league. Uh, that coming off a good season, six and three last year, upset in the first round of the playoffs by Plainville, returned seven starters both ways. Eric Harmer, their quarterback, is good. So that'll be a good match of quarterbacks there. Corey Crumrine uh, for Sedgwick, who threw for 2,300 yards as a sophomore last year. And then Eric Armour, a three-year starter at quarterback as well for Trinity. And then Sterling's a team I didn't mention out of that group, but they're another team in the in the heart of America that coming off a losing season but returned almost everybody. Had a freshman tailback last year that led him in rushing and tackles. Uh, Zane Farney, really good. Gabe Riffle, a lineman. Uh, Sterling's a team that if they can just get through some of the tough parts of their schedule as a team that really could maybe uh, step up this year. But that, that Harvard America League is going to be a great league this year. And, and uh, we got two really good matchups to start the season with Inman at Marion and then Cedric at Hutch Trinity. And then we talked about it a little bit before, the six-player rematch between Ashland and Cunningham. Uh, just should be a great game. You know, Both teams made it to the title game last year. Um, Ashland's only losses last year came to Cunningham. And Ashland returns everybody. They lost one kid, Nathan Lynn, who was a starter both ways. But everybody else is back. Landon McPhail, Carol Harris, and Britt Grisby. Grigsby combined for more than 4,000 4, yards rushing and passing and over 1,000 receiving between the three of them in the, in the crazy six-man game where you might be a quarterback, but you might be a receiver and a running back, a lineman. I mean, everybody's, everybody's out for everything in that. So you, you, the positions are a little less defined. You can, you can call him a quarterback, but he may, he may take the ball, and you never know if he's going to end up with the ball by the end of the snap as well, too. So um, that, that game will be great. Cunningham returns Luke McGuire, Will Weger, uh, Luke Albers, and, and uh, so just great, great players on, on that team. So uh, Cunningham-Ashland will be a great game to start the season down in south-central Kansas. And then moving up to north-central Kansas, my area, um, I already talked about Derby-Manhattan, so that we got that one in the week one. We got Wichita East taking on coming up to Washburn Rural last year, a rural uh, scored 16 points in the fourth quarter to win 49-42, and and both teams returned so much offense. Uh, Branton DeWeese, a three-year starter quarterback for Washburn World. Deontay Mitchell, a three-year starter quarterback for Wichita East. Uh, Deontay started as a freshman and has just been lights out uh, both his freshman and sophomore year. He's got all his receivers back. He's got a thousand-yard running back and Ravel Leaks back as well. So Wichita East could have one of the more dynamic offenses in in uh, Class 6A this year. But Rural's going to have a really good defense. They lost Ty Weber, who was their all all-time leading tackler, but J.C. and Jaron Heim, Paxson Bettis, uh, Jamon Lane. I mean, the Washburn Rural's defense will still be loaded again, again this year, and this is going to be a good test for them to see uh, just how, the, how they've been able to fill a few of the pieces that they had to fill off of last year's team. So that'll be a really good game. Uh, Wamigo 
gets a tough test right off the bat as it looks to back up last year's record-setting season. They'll go to Clay Center, which Clay Center was one of the surprise teams in Class 3A last year. Uh, Tigers made it all the way to the state semifinals before losing to Andale, and uh, they return almost everybody. Uh, the, the backfield group of Carter Long, Brody Hayes, and Owen Craig uh, were great last year. Uh, those were the three leading rushers. Uh, five, the five top tacklers on defense are also back, and Clay Center will be a team uh, to watch out for this year. They're, they opened the year ranked number five in Class 3A. And Wamigo, like I said, they have to re- replace Hayden Oviat, Colin Donahue, uh, Chase Cottom, and Hagen Johnson from that prolific offense, but their defense is going to be good, uh, led by leading tackler Gannon Couture and Drew Petty and Wyatt Burgess. And so uh, look for look for that to be a really good uh, North Central Kansas League showdown right off the bat. Um, Big Seven League, Holton at Nemaha Central. You know, they've, both these teams played in state title games last year. Nemaha Central winning the title in Class 2A. Holton taking second to Andale in Class 3A. Um, they've played great openers the last few years. Uh, two of the last three years has come down to the final minute before the game was decided. Uh, you had a controversial field goal one year that decided things. We had a late touchdown and defensive stand the next year. Last year it was a seven-point game, which was the closest game Nemaha Central had all year. Uh, they ended up you know, outscoring people by almost 37 points a game last year. But Nemaha Central Holton is always one you can circle on the calendar to be a, a good test. Uh, Nemaha has some holes to fill, but returns uh, Holden Bass, one of the top linemen in the state overall in any class. Uh, they got really strong line play. Uh, Cooper Hike graduated, but younger brother Carter is a sophomore who is ready to kind of step up and fill that role, and I expect him to have a, a big season this year. Holton going to be really uh, a lot of new look there. Uh, they graduated their entire backfield that produced uh, 4,700 yards rushing last year. So they're going to have to fully replace everybody in that backfield. But they've got some great linemen up front like they always do. Dalton Roush, all 3A pick last year, tremendous wrestler as well. He'll kind of anchor that group as they try to fill some of those holes there. Um, Ellsworth was a team I talked about in the 2A rankings that had a great season last year. They were two and seven in 2021. Turn around last year and go and go eight and two. Um, and had a great season. They had great defense that was one of the stingiest in Class 2A, and they returned almost everybody. I think they lose one starter off their team from a year ago, Cole Weber, but they have Loden West, Wes Cravens, and guys like that back. And last year, it was they beat Beloit 14-6 to in the opener, and that kind of set them on their way and opened some eyes. You know, with Ellsworth coming off the 2-7 and seven mark, Beloit was runner-up in Class 2A the year before, but uh, Ellsworth made a statement early last year, and it can do so than this year. Beloit uh, lost lost some big guys in, in uh, graduation. Grady Seifert, a three-time all-class two-way pick who's now at Kansas and 2,000-yard rusher in Logan Aerosmith. But Beloit always is a team that, that has good quality players on the field. Uh, Coach Brad Gober does a great job up there and and uh, they'll be tough and they've got a good lineman and Brody Widrig and a three-year starter quarterback Quinn Eilert to, to build around. So that'll be a good test for Ellsworth in the opener. Uh, dipping down the eight-man ranks. Uh, when you talk about fun games, Canton Galva Little River is is the uh, epitome of those the past few years. Uh, you know they they've met four times in the last three years, and Canton Galva won in 2020, 56 to 38, and then last year they won 66 36. In 2021, Little River won 60 52 and 76 to 68. So if you want to go watch touchdowns being scored, Mac, you may want to deviate from Pittsburgh, drive on over to Little River, and uh, and watch it there because. 
because that's where touchdowns get scored. I went there. I went there two years ago for that that sixty to fifty two game, and it was just insane. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then they topped that in the playoffs with seventy six sixty eight. I just I can't even imagine trying to to keep track of all that scoring. It's just insane. Now we'll see if if they are able to kind of keep up that production this year as both teams just decimated by graduation and the skill spots. Uh, Canton Gallo losing Garrett Maltby, Jet Vincent, guys like that. Little River losing Braxton Lafferty, who ended up starring in the Shrine Bowl this year. You know, an eight-man selection going and playing in, the, in a game that's traditionally mostly 11-player uh, guys in that game. And, and Lafferty really made a mark in that game in the Shrine Bowl as one of the one of the stars of the game. And so they'll miss him and, and uh, Rylan Conan and Grant Stevens down there. So, um, you know, both teams return a lot on their offensive lines, but it'll be kind of be a feeling out to see who's going to step up and, and take those skill positions. But uh, that should be another good game as it as it always has been. And then just some others that didn't quite make my top six uh, from my area that will be a little bit intriguing. you got Hanover looking to kind of bounce back and get back among the, the elite in class in eight-man Division two. They go to Clifton Clyde, which returns a lot of guys from a team that got upset in the playoffs last year and uh, has a really good team. So that's a really good Twin Valley League matchup. Another team in the Twin Valley League that really a lot of people are, are thinking are gonna, is going to have a good year is Frankfurt, who returns almost everybody. Their quarterback last year was a freshman, Wes Anderson, who broke all their all their school passing records a year ago, and he's back and, and should have a have a great season this year. Uh, they play at Chase County, which has to replace Mitch Budkey, who is their do everything guy the last two or three years. And and uh, but Chase, but uh, Chase County will have some good players back. Brock Griffin is one of their top guys, along with Tag Grow, Tug Grow. Uh, so Chase County in a little bit rebuild gets a good test with Frankfurt. Uh, Lebo Linden was a really good game uh, right off the bat. Linden's one of those teams that everybody expects to maybe challenge for the title this year. Uh, they return Caden Massey on the on the line. He's a Kansas State commit, which is very rare to see a Power Five kid come from an eight man school. But he's a big dude, and and they've got a lot to go with them. Plus they got Tanner Heckel, uh, who was maybe Inman's best player last year. He's he transferred. Over over the summer to Linden gives them just another weapon that might just push them over the top. They play a Lebo team that's that's got some experience and should be really good down in the Lyon County League as well. And then go to the Mid-East League. You got uh, Riley County at St. Silver Lake and St. Mary's at Rossville. Just rivalry, good rivalry games. Uh, Riley County upset Silver Lake in the playoffs last year. Silver Lake finished 6-3. and three. Riley County was just 3-7 and seven, but picked off the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs last year. And they've done that a few times in the playoffs. Uh, that's kind of Silver Lake's playoff nemesis here of late is Riley County. Riley County returns a lot. Uh, Eli Harmison at quarterback. Silver Lake returns quarterback Tanner Martin. So that'll be a good test. And then uh, St. Mary's and Rossville. St. Mary's the defending 1A state champion. Rossville went just 5-5 five and five last year after winning two straight titles in Class 2A in 2020 and 2021. That's a good rivalry showdown five miles down the road from each other. That'll be a good one. And then Rock Creek, which is leaving the Mideast League this year, going to the North Central Kansas League. They'll take on Southeast of Saline. And both those teams were two of the best teams uh, in, in 3A and 2A respectively last year. Rock Creek lost to Andale. Southeast Saline undefeated until they lost to Kingman. They play each other in the opener. That'll be a good one. And then Hayden goes down to Opie, which is a huge test for Opie. I think Hayden has, has a really good team this year and might have a team that's capable of beating 
Peyton and Dale. I think that the Wildcats have that much talent on their team, despite losing uh, top 11 linemen. Um, Joe Otting, who's now at Notre Dame, and another really good lineman. But what what Hayden has coming back is is going to be uh, a lot to uh, go out there. And their only losses last year came to Holton. That was their only two losses this year. I think Hayden's got a team capable of making a really deep run and getting back to the title game. They'll go down to Opie in kind of an odd game, but Opie needed an opponent, and so did Hayden. And Opie's never a team, even though they're one A, is shy away from competition. So uh, you know they really gave Hayden a good test in last year's opener and. And it'll be interesting to see how they can hang this year. So those were some of the top games from the North Central Kansas area to get you primed up for Friday night football. So the season is here. All sports are up and running, and so are we. And we have done preview after preview, highlighted countless number of student athletes in the fall to watch, 225 in football alone. I think it was like 140 in volleyball. 40 tennis players, uh, lots of golfers, gymnastics, soccer players. So check out Keisha Covered for all your preseason primer for all the sports. We've got a season previews for every sport, players to watch for every sport. All the football schedules are on our website. Rankings are there. And we'll get into the season just as you guys will. And we are looking forward to your number three, Acacia Covered, your number two of our podcasts. And we will come to you every other week with our podcast. So uh, check in with us in a couple weeks as we recap what's going on the first few weeks of the season. Guys, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. We're ready to get going. Yep. As you can tell, the excitement <laughs> is palpable for these guys. So I think we're all beaten yeah. down a little bit by the sheer volume of, uh, of preview stuff that we've done. But uh, trust me, we are ready to go for the season. And I know Scott will be eager to get back as soon as, as, soon as he is able to get back and join the fold. So uh, best of wishes to every team, every athlete out there this year. I hope your season goes as you expect. And we look forward to telling your story on, the, on your way to a state title. For Mac Moore, for Ricky P. Peterson and for the absent Scott Pask, this is Brent Maycock saying thank you for tuning in and we'll see you in a couple weeks.